this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Your worst nightmares could come true at any moment, so it's good to be ready. And that's why we're so glad that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at GEICO. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. The Walking Dead, Season 6, Episode 12, In Dreams, is over. Or is it? Or has it not yet started? Have, are we just getting started? Have we never started? Did we all die? Is this the end of Lost? Or are we all just kind of floating around accidental-like on the breeze? I'm not entirely sure. My name is Jessica Lees, and I'm here to try to figure it all out. And unfortunately... Tonight, we do not have Chappelle to help guide us through this because I feel like as someone who's watched so much Grey's Anatomy, he has a better grasp on the afterlife than any of us. But I have the most wonderful of pinch hitters for us this week. You may know him from his wonderful trivia podcast, Beat My Guest. He has also appeared as a guest on this very podcast, and we are welcoming him back one more time. Please welcome Mr. AJ Mass. Hello, AJ. Hello, Jess. How are you? I don't know what to make of the fact that the last time you invited me on this show, I spent an entire episode in a boxcar with Princess. Unclear as to whether or not anything I saw actually took place. And I feel like I'm still in that boxcar. <laughs> I forgot that was the episode we had you on for. <laughs> oh... Oh mercy nurse. Uh wow. Uh, this this was something. This was something. I'm sure we'll get into it, but it was something. <laughs> of all of the episodes. This is something I'm fond of saying of all of the episodes of Fear the Walking Dead that we have discussed on this program. This was certainly one of them. It was and here's the thing. I'm not even mad at the show. I'm not on the other show because this was a really good episode of television. It just wasn't a very good episode of Fear the Walking Dead. And that's my issue with it. <laughs> Do we uh, even really know what is a good episode of Fear the Walking Dead at this point? Because I feel like in the time that this show has been on, it has been six different shows at least. Minimum. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, with the time jumps and the whole, oh, you know, this is a nice story about the Manoa family and like everybody's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least it's still around, but you know, like, I'm going to just kill everybody else. Uh, yeah, it is, it is zigged and zagged the whole time. I, I felt what, what I didn't like about this episode certainly in the sequence of the story, it, it's like what we took got the next five minutes of the story, maybe. Uh, from last week and you know, any momentum of the narrative just just comes to a screeching halt and i'm okay with that if it's a cool episode that focuses on the backstory or tells us something we didn't know or anything like that 
But I felt so emotionally manipulated by this episode on top of the fact that there's no stakes in it, really. <laughs> yeah. In this future land. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like, when, look, when Walking Dead proper does a flash forward and we see Rick is an old man. And, you know, we're going, oh, okay, so Rick survives to become an old man and everything. You're like, okay, so they're directing us towards this future. And, you know, that kind of explains a whole bunch of things. And that isn't exactly what happened. (laughs) They kind of yanked that rug out. So I've been down this road before. Um, There is no way, uh, stretch, shape, or form, that this future could possibly have been the real future. It, It just didn't make sense. This isn't Star Trek. If this was, if this was on Star Trek, you know, like the, the Next Generation episode where it's like, oh, time travel, cool. That is one of these time travel time loop episodes. You know, you can figure out what's going on and figure out what's happening here. That's not the case with The Walking Dead. I mean, yeah, okay, zombies. So sure, time travel could happen, but as soon as Morgan doesn't go, oh wait, your grace, cool. Unless <laughs> there's some time travel involved, they're like, well, this is this is all pointless. <laughs> Yeah, there are rules in this universe. They are stupid rules most of the time. Sure. There are rules that have no basis in scientific fact, but they are rules nonetheless. And when you step that far outside of the rules, you immediately know something is wrong. And I think the stakes of this episode depend on how long it takes you to figure out what the actual thing that's going on here is. And I think the episode wanted you to be strung along for much longer than you actually plausibly could have been. Yes. I mean, not only that, but they played dumb at the top of the episode where, look, we figured out very, very quickly that, okay, as soon as you see Morgan as the old man, you have confirmation that, (laughs) okay, this is the future, and that's clearly Grace's dot. Yeah. It's hinted at that up, up until that point. A little bit, you know, oh, my father, you know, and she's got a, oh, she's got the stick. Oh, of course, you know, and oh, you know, and we're supposed to like not figure it out until she sees, you know, Morgan's uh, staff of peace (laughs) weapon sitting in front. Uh, Oh, I get it. It's, it's, it's Morgantown. Okay, cool. Uh, No, we figured that out long before they did. And I felt that was really lame to make string us along up to, to that point. In addition to the, you know, oh, it's, it's so pink and wonderful and lush and the colors are different. So clearly something, you know, it's a mystical land. And then to patronize us by saying, and every single person we know has a happy ending in this world. <laughs> like, look, here's Dr. Dory, who's still wearing the hat. And look, who's this fine, upstanding young woman? Why, it's Charlie. And she survived, <laughs> which I know for most people is not necessarily good news. That's not a happy ending. Although Dakota's not there. So, it's I mean, fair. there's your upside. Yeah. But, you know, oh, how's Alicia? Well, she went back to the stadium and fixed the stadium. And Already, just- you know, this is wrong because the stadium was a burned out husk. And the fact that nobody else seemed to age. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's, there's no way Daniel would still be alive at this point. Uh, as, it's like, you know, I'm 93 years old and still cutting hair. And I know, you know, you got, you know, maybe the burns don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> already he's got the makeup on, but you're like, come on, the whole, oh, and hey, look, Sherry's here. It's wonderful. We're all They're back together. <laughs> ah, there's just so much pandering in this. That I, I, 
it's just 15 minutes, 20 minutes worth of an episode that really, if you compress it to five minutes, maybe it would have worked a little better for me. Like you know, something's up, something's serious or, or turn the mystery into something else. Um, I, I just, I, I was really hating this episode at that point. There is a point where the pivot happens, but really at that point, I'm just like, there's nothing to figure out here either. <laughs> you know, that, that's the thing. It's not a mystery. It's just, Hey, look at this happy ending, which we know can't possibly last because this is the walking dead uh, proper, you know, <laughs> nothing in this universe ever ends happy. Yeah. It was, um, it was basically, it was happy Gilmore's happy place when he has to envision, like get himself into a Zen state and like, you know, his grandmother is pouring him a nice glass of lemonade and he's making out with his beautiful girlfriend and Chubbs is there and he's playing the piano and everybody is happy and together and alive. And then, of course, the hammer falls and then you get the darkest timeline where Shooter McGavin comes in and makes out with everybody. <laughs> I, I feel like the rest of the episode, like as soon as that part was over, the rest of it was just Shooter McGavin making out with everybody. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it it's definitely, it's, uh, I, I don't even have the words because they turned it from this, okay, it's, you know, shows do dream sequences all the time. I'm usually cool with them if they like, wake up immediately kind of thing. It's like, oh, yeah. this was a vision. You could do that in like the first 10, 15 minutes and like say, oh, that was her vision and now she's back and let's move on with the story. And that would have been kind of cool kind of, hey, this yeah. is one possible ending. But Grace bought into this world so 100% that it almost was it almost was like mandated that okay well she's clearly going to die <laughs> and I know, yeah. that's, I know that's the twist we ultimately get and I think they handled that part of it well and I, I do want to get to that part but but it just again it, the stakes is like she can't die in this dream world so now all this, oh, we got uh, Nick Stahl and his people and all the zombies and everything. Like, there's there's nothing here anymore that has any stakes. And now you're spending way too much time here. <laughs> okay, I get it. We got to find Morgan and she's going to put on the headphones. And like, I, oh, I don't need this. It, it was like a search for something that you know. She has to wake up at some point to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's how they're staring. It's, like, it's, it's not Nightmare on Elm Street. You have to wake up to die. Yeah, and I and the thing is, is that I mean, look, the actress did a great job. I, 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 Morgan is an old old Morgan. It was it was really cool, and I, you know, Lenny James, fantastic. But who's Grace? I mean, who really is Grace? Okay, I'm, thank you. I'm sorry. Look, we came back. You know, obviously the whole you know John Dory dying that was you know phenomenally surprising and you know yes of course that was moving and you know, it's, it's Sean Dory you know we've gotten to know him over many seasons and you know it, it was a surprise and it was it was it was tragic that he died like I don't remember great I mean I remember it because I've seen the scene of her on the on the stupid carousel Mary go around 67 times this episode but that, that my point is that's the only scene of a flashback you have with her because she hasn't been around that long. When she came back and, and you know, uh, they're like, hey, and she's here, Morgan. Here she is. I got her for you. I'm like, who? Who's Grace again? What's the relationship? <laughs> it, it really, I didn't remember. Um, she hasn't been that memorable up until now. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hazmat suit, Doc. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> yeah. See, this is the thing. And I'm really relieved, honestly, to hear you say that, AJ, because I was really worried 
that, you know, when, when we are podcasting about this show, and you know, we do it intermittently. We did it for the first about four seasons. And then it was like, wow, this has gotten really bad and nobody's finding any joy in it. We'll stop. Oh, it's getting good again. And we don't have anything else to podcast about. Let's do it again. Eh, bored now. Going to stop. Okay. Picking it back up. Intrigued again. Whenever we're not podcasting about it, I pay tepid attention to it. Mm-hmm. And then I go back and rewatch it if I know I have to know. But I was really concerned that, oh, Am I not getting the gravity of the Grace situation because I wasn't really paying super close attention to the Grace episodes? And it's like, no, she wasn't, she really was not in it that much. Most of the Grace that we know is through the lens of Morgan being really excited to have her in his life. And all of the Grace, like, we're supposed to care about Grace because Morgan cares about Grace. We don't have any reason to care about her ourselves. And so it's like, oh, this is very sad for Morgan, I guess. Yes. And we care about Morgan, obviously. But it, it this goes back to the problem yeah. that we've had with Morgan since since Clear, mm-hmm. basically, is the whole kill switch thing with Morgan is it's it's all or nothing. It's either it's either I'm going clear or I'm I'm a cheese mong cheese maker, you know, and like I'm just <laughs> completely turned off. So it's, it's 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 I won't kill anything or I'll kill everything. And you know, when Morgan's surrounded by the zombies in the gulch and is about to be killed, and you know, he's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with this world. And he gets his little note from Dakota saying, your your mission's not done yet. You still got stuff left to do. And yes, I'm going to make this place where we're all going to be peace and wonderful and love. We'll never have to kill anybody again. And what do we see in this very episode? <laughs> yep. It's kill, 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 kill. Yep. It's just, I guess it's a middle ground sort of kind of because I mean, he didn't necessarily, he, you know, he let Nick Stall go. Kind of, I mean, he didn't really have a choice, but he threw the weapon down. He could have tried to, to kill him too. And I think he probably could have, but you know, he, he stabbed him in the, in the arm. It's like, you go now. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> like, okay, but you kill him. <laughs> like, like at this point, you're defending the baby at this point. It's, uh, I, I think it's the same problem they've always had with the Morgan and the kill switch. And, and they turned it back on and then immediately tried to turn it back off. And like, I don't buy it. Yeah. You don't, you can't do that. You you have to let it warm up a little bit. You can't just turn it on and then immediately turn it off. It's going to be really bad for your circuits. Um, I feel like I'm going too far down the electronics metaphor path here, <laughs> but I, I, yeah. And I honestly, like, this was a point where I really wanted him to have the kill switch on. Like, that guy is there. Why don't you just kill him? That solves your problems. Does he have other guys with him? It doesn't look like it. Like, just kill him. And then you don't have to worry about it. But instead, there becomes this whole thing about, oh, well, do we kill this guy who's going to kill us? Or do we let him go out with the thing that's going to kill everybody just because somebody had a prophetic dream? And this goes back to the whole, like, you know, watery tarts distributing Distributing weapons out of lakes is no <laughs> way to govern. Yeah, uh, yes, indeed. We're, uh, we're, we're a commune. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's a dream. Like, you do not, I know that we have fallen pretty far. At this point, we are out of normal society and there are a lot of weird ass cults governing everybody 
that's left. You don't have to be one of those weird ass cults. You can be governed by logic and reason. You could be the Vulcan community, Morgan. If you want to do something different, like just don't let weird things that happen inside people's brains guide you. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I mean, from a from a writing standpoint, from a metaphor standpoint, from watching it as a viewer standpoint, you know, us watching Grace's Dream, I think, is certainly something where we can analyze it and take things away from it. And what, you know, what, what are the writers of the show telling us about her dream and what do these things represent? That's great. But for Grace to wake up from the dream yeah. <laughs> and instantly have those same revelations, I mean, Grace... You didn't know before you went unconscious here that you were having a girl. You thought you were having a boy. <laughs> like, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, no, no. Now I know for sure. <laughs> it's like uh, the surety of it all uh, just didn't make any sense. And and here's the other thing that I, I think didn't work from from a long-term point of view is that Morgan dispatched these guys so quickly as if they were nothing. It totally minimized the threat of these mm-hmm. people. I mean, yes, if the key is going to be, you know, this whole nuclear uh, codes kind of thing going on here, yeah, it's bad that you just gave them the key. Yeah, real bad. <laughs> but not good. It, yeah, but you know, it's not like she actually did travel in time and saw <laughs> yeah, everything well, that happened there. Like this. It was just a dream, which she was basically, you know, the, she's still suffering from the radiation effects somewhat. And I, I don't think it's going to kill her now. And I think that's kind of cool. Again, the, the whole, that whole aspect of it is very cool. But in terms of the long-term story, it's like, just, okay, they're, they're nothing. I, Morgan dispatched basically the five of them in like, you know, two seconds. And here, here you go. Here's the key. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Bye now. Right, yeah. Bye now. Get, blow up the world. I don't care. The hardest thing about this is that I think we are we are being told this story as if Morgan was watching this whole sequence with us. Like we yeah. can buy it because we were watching it and we kind of spoiler don't really buy it that much ourselves. But Morgan didn't watch any of that time travel trip. He wasn't sitting there with like the DVR you know, following along. Oh, and all of the trees were purple. Huh? And I had like the Morgan Freeman beard. Okay. Oh, and that's our daughter. Oh yes. I see now. I see why you feel this way. All he got was like Grace waking up and being like, I got to have this baby for the good of society and I'm going to die and baby's going to live and that's the future and Morgan's like got it I will give the nuclear key to this guy now yeah it, it, it's I mean I almost combined Morgan Fallen for that because again Morgan because Morgan is Morgan Morgan is Morgan and like you know he's like uh, you know well yeah I put you know I put it the, the arms down I said no more killing even though I just killed them forget that shh, shh, shh. <laughs> don't look at <laughs> the corpses line right here I, I can see it I can see it, Morgan deciding, you know, for the good of Grace wants me to do this. And if it's her dying wish, I will, you know, cool. But again, she had the key <laughs> in your vision. So I might even have bought it if you said, look, give him the key. We'll get it back because she has the key. I know you'll mm-hmm. get it back. I even might have bought that. Mm-hmm. But it was like, give him the key. It's not going to work. We've already won. He just doesn't even know it yet. Like, no. That that didn't that didn't work. I think there might have been a right around there that could have fixed that a little bit for me. Yeah, there, there could have been. 
Could have been. I, I but, don't know yeah. what that is, though. And usually I'm very, very good at figuring out how to fix this. And honestly, you don't do this episode here at this time in this in this way. Yeah. I mean, look, there are a lot of good things about this episode. There really are. I know we've we've just spent the first half, <laughs> every every moment up until now, just just ripping this part, and we will do it again. I'm sure before we're done. But mm-hmm. Sahana Srinivasan as Athena was amazing. Oh yeah, she's what great. a find. That is a great character, and I love the fact that they made us care about this character who we'll never meet now and really feel the loss. And in terms of, you know, if someone has a, has a stillborn child, all the hopes and dreams you had for this child's future go out the window. I, I, I think they personified that and displayed it in a way that really was impactful. And I think that they were very successful with that part of the episode. I mean, I felt loss at the end of this that, you know, we will never know Athena. And that is kind of, you know, I don't, I, I can't imagine that, uh, you know, in real life. And I think to put, uh, uh, to allow us into that sort of feeling, I think they did a fantastic job with that. You know, when you think, especially because you think Grace is going to die the whole time. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden it's like the baby's not crying. And, yeah. you know, there's that moment of, of the, just the darkest timeline turn and everything. And you're just like, Oh no. Um, I, I thought that was fantastically acted, fantastically done. And it, they absolutely nailed it, hit a home run with that aspect of the story. Mm-hmm. For sure. It just, it just, and the turn of it too is really cool. I thought in the sense that, you know, Grace is so sure that, you know, that, Okay, you're sharing my dream, uh, my vision of the future, and no, it's it's she sharing Athena's wish for the future because she's not going to see it, and you know she's the key. She has the key, and the key, you know, she's dead, which means that she doesn't get to keep the key, which means you have to keep the key for her, which means don't give the key away because you know, it's, you're missing yeah. the symbolism here. And us as viewers, I think that works very well. It just does. The characters aren't going to know that. So um yeah, again, I just think that, that the turn of the story was fantastic. The acting was fantastic. This, this, you know, the whole Athena of it all, a character I wish we could have seen and just nailed the emotion of that. I wish they didn't do that on Mother's Day. (laughs) There's That's kind of the biggest, the biggest issue I have with this outcome is that you don't bring someone through the emotional ringer of a dead child on Mother's Day. Come on. I mean, that probably could have been timed a little better. A little bit. <laughs> I, I had time I, to figure that out. I don't think they went to the writer's room going, hey, I've got this great idea for a Mother's Day episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what happened here. It just, I think the timing just happened because who knows, you know, with the, especially with the pandemic and the reshoot, who knows if they knew when this episode was going to air calendar-wise. But still, when you see that's going to happen, maybe you go, you know, this would be a good week to rerun uh, uh, Walking Dead Children on Parade, the final episode, just <laughs> fell in for a week. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of things you could have done differently. Or, you know, this this moves the story forward so incrementally. Yes. You could practically show next week's episode. I haven't even – I haven't watched next week's episode. Yeah, you, they yeah, they yeah. dropped the screener on me today, and I figured I'm better off not knowing. But – Next week's episode, for all we know, doesn't even address what just happened to Morgan. That's how they're telling the story now anyway. Like, right. F- switch the order. Like, show us whatever 
I don't know, whatever Charlie's doing next week. And then, and then even if they do show Morgan, like, Hey, I gave the key away. Okay. Rewind. Why did Morgan give the key away? Where's Grace's baby? Okay. Let's tell that story. Yeah. You could, you could, I mean, uh, again, I don't know. I don't even watch the coming next week. Yeah. I, I don't care about scenes for next week. I don't like watching those. Yeah. Even if it's, Okay, we got Alicia and we get to find more about, uh, you know, plant zombie worship land and <laughs> the believers and all that stuff. You know, even, even if at the end of that, Nick Stahl walks in and goes, ah, I got the key. None of that takes away any of the stakes of this episode right. because did he kill somebody? You know, did he kill Morgan to get it? Like, you know, you could still, you could still have that suspense there again. Oh, you'd be know. terrified. You'd be like, oh, wow, did the bad guys win? Yeah. Is Morgan finally dead. What happened? And why wouldn't you kill him at this point? You know, in terms of like, you know, once, once you killed John Dory in Virginia in back to back episodes, you know, you, no one has plot armor anymore, really, at this point. You, you yeah, could well, argue that. That, that brings me to the question about Nick Stahl then. Why didn't he just kill them? It really seems like there's no reason for him. He's just making his life harder at that point. Well, I mean, I, I would think. It actually it does make sense because first of all, he did not seem all that upset that his his friends all just got yeah killed either. Like he's got a pretty callous approach to life and death already at this point. But I think it, it's kind of the point where look, Morgan's not a believer. He's not going to be a believer. We don't have time to make him a believer, so he's going to be here when we kill everybody anyway. They're already dead. I don't have to spend the effort here and actually kill them and get any more blood on my hands because they're, they're dead anyway. So I think in that sense, you know, I think it does make sense that you just, why bother? Yeah, but you're going to kill them anyway. And maybe, maybe the people that the, you know, the two people on earth that have the potential to fuck up your plan, maybe <laughs> you need to, Maybe you need to get rid of those sooner if you're going to end up having their blood on your hands anyway. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I just think, per, you know, not knowing the whole uh, Bible of these people, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe it is like, you know, we only kill when we have to. Or we only kill when they deserve to go back it, to the earth. Yeah, or, or something. And, and plus, you know, sh- he doesn't know that the baby's not going to pull through at this point. So, you know, mm-hmm. have the baby. I'm not going to kill pregnant woman, you know? Yeah, that's a little much. A pregnant woman in labor, good. that's a little much. Yeah, so, like, you know, kind of have the baby, have your moment. Maybe you'll see the light, you know, new world. Yeah, new plus new you're going to be a little bit a little bit hobbled by having a postpartum woman and a newborn. That's yeah. going to be a little tough to keep pace with one guy with a key. Yeah, I, I, so I think that certainly... He got what he came for. Mm. That's it. Why be any more of a bad guy than than, than he needs to be? I guess. I, I have a feeling he's going to be a worse guy before this is all over. But Yeah. I, well, I agree with you. I mean, it, it is one of those things like, all right, you can just go now. <laughs> I'll let you live. Like, that never, that never turns out yeah. right in these things. I'm just going to strap you to the table, Mr. Bond. I'm going to set the laser up to bisect you. And I got a thing. So have fun with that. Going to go. Yeah, I certainly. I mean, it, it, I mean, this even applies to zombies in this universe. I mean, you know, Carl doesn't kill the zombie, can't kill the zombie. Hey, Dale, guess what? You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, things things happen on this show. Let's check off zombie all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously they're going to confront each other again. But uh, also, I mean, you know, 
you needed to get him out of the picture. It's a quick, 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 get him out of the picture because we have a, a dramatic ending to get to here. <laughs> yeah, uh, but what I could happens buy the religious, with the baby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can buy the religious motivation of, of him. Like, you know, I came here to get Morgan Jones. I mean, then they made Morgan Jones sound out to be like, oh my God, Morgan Jones is the Antichrist and everything. And it's like, we need the key, Morgan Jones. We sent all these people after you to get the key and they all ended up dead. And like, oh, here you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <Thanks>. this key? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what did you say? Oh, this key. Oh, oh I that's so. a, okay. I thought it was a metaphorical key, but if it's just okay, yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's it's there's a lot going on there. Like I said, the writing in this, in terms of like I said, the, the bridge from last week's episode to whatever happens next, like you said, it, it this progresses the, the plot so incrementally forward that it's just like. This would have been. I would be. I'd be raging right now if they didn't pull off the emotional Mm -hmm. drama. The the genuine. I actually genuinely was surprised that they went there. I mean, I Mm -hmm. thought. I I mean, Christ went through the doors, like you said, the lost of it all. He went through the doors into the white light. She's the one who did that. We know what that's code for. She's dying. <laughs> She's not the one who dies. So, you know, uh, I'm all, and I'm all for, you know, taking those stereotypes yeah. and making, making you think we're going here, here, and then, and then zigging when we said a zag. But, yeah. oh my God, they made her record the farewell message. Like, oh, uh, really? Yeah. The really? mixtape for the baby. Yeah. Actually, AJ, I want to ask you about this song choice because and it's one of the things like, Chappelle is right there with our references all the time. I'm not sure this is a reference he's going to get, and I know it's one that you will. As David Lynch is my favorite director, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I immediately am like, oh, I'm so glad we got AJ here because he's going to know how totally messed up it is when you have one of your characters listening to In Dreams on repeat. Yes, I mean, this <laughs> the, the blue velvet of, of it all certainly comes into play here, and you got In Dreams, which is <laughs> a little on the nose, don't you think? I mean, it's on the, it's on the nose. You know, you got a, a scene with Dennis Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We better describe this because I think, I think a lot of our audience is not going to have seen this film. Yeah. This, I mean, it's, it's David Lynch is fine. It's a surreal. It, it's a, it's a great movie. It's, 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 it's one of my favorite blue velvet and it's, it's about light and dark existing, coexisting side by side. And you can't have good without evil. I mean, that's, that's what this film was about. Kyle McLaughlin is in this very small town and he finds an ear in a paper bag and <laughs> he could just hand it over to the police and say, I'm done with it. Flip, flip, flip. But he's curious. He, he wants, he mm. wants to pursue it. He becomes a detective and he gets him. He gets involved with this lounge singer played by Isabella Rossellini. And she is in this horrific situation where her child has been kidnapped by Dennis Hopper's character named Frank, who rapes her repeatedly just because he can. And he calls her mommy. And oh. again, this, just again, again happy in Mother's this episode. Day. Yeah, exactly. Happy Mother's Day. The imagery and it, it's horrific. And the whole point of, of, of the movie is that, you know, you can't have the light without the dark and you, you can't recognize that your life is good until you see that there's a lot of bad out there and maybe don't go looking for it because it's Don't there. go chasing waterfalls, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so to have that imagery in your head, uh, it just, it just, woof. 
<laughs> it's not the it's not it's not a happy song that uh, that you know oh a mother says to their daughter hey listen to this happy song when the imagery for me is going to be Dennis Hopper with you know a gas mask on breathing it and they're flashing back to her in in the hazmat suit which kind of like with the gas mask imagery there it's just very similar they're it's doing just, that on purpose oh absolutely even if, even if they are meant if even if we are meant to understand that grace has clearly never seen this movie <laughs> yes it's just yes it's it's the choice of songs uh you know couldn't, couldn't you just uh, pick candy colored clown they call the sandman <laughs> i mean roy orbison it's has it's a lullaby songs yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean you could sing your kid to sleep with pretty much every roy orbison song in the catalog that's what he's for Pick a different uh, song. Yes, I, I wouldn't be above, you know, changing the lyrics and going, please stop crying, <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> so anything, yeah, absolutely, you know. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it was an odd choice. I mean, it's a pretty song, absolutely. Yeah. But it's one of those songs that once once it gets linked to a movie and a scene, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's just not the right, no, not the right mood. Yeah, and ironically, I feel like Roy Orbison was kind of on his way out. Like nobody was listening to Roy Orbison at the point that Blue Velvet comes out, and then Blue Velvet drops, and everybody is interested in Roy Orbison again, and pretty much remains so until his death in '89, I think. And yeah, we well, got the Katie yeah. Lang covering his stuff, and that like yeah, you got Black and White Night. Well. Yeah, you got Black and, then and the White Wilburys come along. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, and. I think like you have Elvis Costello writing for him. I, I I'm the only one listening to this podcast who cares about that. I can guarantee it. Um, Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to twenty five percent by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I, I feel like I would be the kind of person who would make a mixtape for my unborn child may have already been that person i would <laughs> never put that song on there no no it's no it's messed not. up it's it's just it's you just you just you just don't do that no you just don't do that and and again grace might not know better and look you know uh it's not like she was able to go uh <laughs> and, and oh daniel give me all of the records yeah <laughs> I'm going to go through here. You know, this is something she had already <laughs> from from her, her her baby daddy, who we never met. And again, I feel no emotion for this. Yeah, um, like, is that who's? Is, that's the guy we're seeing, like dying yes. a gruesome death. Yes, exactly. So it's like, okay, sure. I mean, yeah, it's 
this might have had more weight. And I don't really, I don't think I can figure out why they didn't go down this route. I mean, why, why don't you just have Morgan and her have a relationship and have this be Morgan's child and just, we're funky with the timelines as it is. You can jump ahead six months and, you know, or whatever and do this sort of same storyline. And then it has a lot more weight for Morgan, I think, as opposed to, okay, well, I wanted to form this whole new utopia for both the baby of the guy who led me here and mm. my baby, who's not really my baby, but I'm going to make it my baby because I like Grace. Like, it's, okay, does this mean he no longer has his focus and doesn't care anymore? Well, I think that would be tough for the Morgan we know. I don't think I see Morgan knocking up some random woman he meets. I think he, especially because the first time we meet Morgan, he is a father and he is protecting his son. And then he loses his son and that shapes him. Like that's his kind of origin story. Like he is it takes a lot for him to open up to anybody because what with the kill switch and the like his son dying and that pushing him over the edge for so long, it seems to me that you can't really put Morgan in that position where he cares enough about somebody to start a relationship with them and be hopeful enough that he could tie all his hopes. Like Morgan Jones, as we know him, if it is his own child who dies here, he goes back and he deliberately like he he turns that second key himself. He yeah, burns it all down. True. Very true. He's not going to he's not going to have any hope left. And so I think they very deliberately made this not his baby so that he still has something to fight for. That's fair. But I mean, yeah, at the same time, I mean, if, if John Dory's death doesn't push him over the edge, like you know, like. Is he going to get pushed over the edge again, or is he just going to like stay like this in this this new? No, we don't kill anybody unless it's very plot convenient. <laughs> well, John Dory has been Morgan's number two since Grace rolled up. Grace yeah. has been number one. If we kill Grace at this point, I think if Grace dies with the baby, then he also burns it down. I think as long as Grace is still alive, he's still got something to fight for. And he's not gonna, he's not gonna go clear. So I think, I think we kind of, we can take everything away except like the one bare minimum thing that keeps him holding on by a thread. And then we still have story. I think we yeah. can't, we can't go full clear right. yet. Well, I think. But we could have replaced Grace with Athena. Right. Baby lived and Grace died. I think we and could that's, have made that transfer. That's what we're all expecting. Yes. If that's what we get this episode, this episode sucks, right? Like we're saying the only redeeming yeah. thing is that we had our expectations subverted. Right. And like I said, that, that's the only thing about this yeah. episode I, that I liked other than like the performance of Athena. Great. Super mm -hmm. discovery. Uh, yeah, she's apparently she comes from a background as a kids show host. Okay. Uh, she's on this Netflix show called Brainchild. Excellent. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I love the discovery. A lot of the actors on this show, like, you know, I don't really know from a lot of other things. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, even the, the actress who plays Grace, like, I saw her in, like, two episodes of Criminal Minds <laughs> six <laughs> years ago or something, you know, like, like not, you know, a lot. Like, 
uh, so yeah, I, I think you don't expect acting on this show. Right. And the acting is always pretty tremendous. Although I will say I didn't, I didn't buy Lenny James this episode. He was really, especially old Morgan was really phoning it in. It yeah. felt, you know, sometimes, especially I think part of it is, and he's lived in this character for so long. It shocks me that he still does this, but sometimes it feels like, it feels like because he has to put this accent on top of everything, there's this extra wall between us and the character. And I felt it a lot. Like he was really felt like he was really reading his lines this week. And but I'm not, you, I'm not an actor, that, but do you think yeah. that some of that though might've been a choice because it's mm. not Morgan. It's some a fantasy. Of that, yeah. So maybe that it just reads as he's, I'm not going to be Morgan as this guy. Cause this is her idealized version yeah. of Morgan uh. with 16 years on it. I mean, you know, you had Daniel and Strand going, ah, ha, ha, we're such wonderful we're buddies. friends now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, do you, are you a barber? Because I need someone who knows how to do hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there was a lot of that kind of uh, fantasticness yeah. around or, it. Or, you know, hey, look, Dwight and Sherry got back together. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was there was a uh, there was a uh, veneer on it for sure. Exactly, there, that there, makes there, perfect sense. I like so. Yeah, yeah. That if if that's a choice, then I see where that's going, and that's I would not have thought of that. And you're right. It, I mean, obviously, again, I'm not an actor. That has to be a choice. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't call myself. I've done some acting. But I wouldn't call yeah. myself an actor. I mean, but I, I think. Yeah. I think you have done maybe the toughest acting there is, AJ, because you have been able to convey emotion while your head is completely covered in a giant orb. Indeed. It's like some of these zombies I see on, on, on The Walking Dead like that convey emotion through all the makeup and everything. <laughs> how, do you, how do you convey pathos when a smile is perfectly pasted on the face that people see? It's all about sinking those shoulders. <laughs> a subtle, a subtle left shoulder tip. Uh, I, I often, I often go back to the one time that the fire department wanted to shoot a PSA with Mr. Met and they put me in the cherry picker and they sent me way high above and they took my hand and they said, here, hold on to this. And I was like, no, 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 no. I can't really talk. I can't talk. And they, they handed me a greasy axe to hold. <laughs> And that stain is still on the hands to this day. <laughs> oh, my God. They never and, replaced the hands? No, no. And I was so angry. And, you know, no one knew that we were shooting the, the cherry picker. Yeah. And the, the cherry picker came down. And my boss, who just happened to who drove me there, he like, he, he, I just hear him go, hey, Jay's pissed. And they're like, how could you tell? He's got a smile on his face. Like, oh, I can tell. <laughs> so I knew, I knew I did a good job in that, in that Mr. Beck costume. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I think you live, you live in that, you live with a character and you live yeah. so long, you kind of do know with subtle things how to, how yeah. to convey these things. And I think, yeah, like you said, Lenny James living in Morgan for so long can really with like, an eyebrow or mm-hmm. or just a glance to the left or the right can really convey something. And sure, if it's some of us just us reading into it because we've seen the character time yeah. and time again, if he just makes a different choice, you're like, ooh, I need to make a different choice. You know? Yeah. And, and that's, says, ooh. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't already know that this was a dream because of the song about a dream playing and yeah. the <laughs> hypersaturation and the you know, the strange waking up in the middle of the zombie field. 
you would know it is a dream because then Lenny James comes out and he's Morgan, but not Morgan. So then why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we go with the cranberries then? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my love, take it every day, every possible way. Because they also sang zombie and that would be kind of tongue in cheek. Oh my God. What if, what if the only tape that Grace had to play for her unborn child is the cranberries greatest hits? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> oh man. The only music left. In the zombie apocalypse is like, I I can see Daniel like going to his shelf of records and pulling out the cranberries. Yes, this Uh, is it. Indeed. Oh, that would be good. That would be, that'd be very good. (laughs) Uh, yeah. I, there's, there's, I mean, is there anything else to like really parse from this in terms of what we can take away from the dream? Is there anything from the dream that we can take going forward as kind of the writer saying, Hey, yeah, that was that was the future, and it, that future is clearly not going to happen now. But is there something in there that, like, is there something that Grace was perceiving maybe that we can expect to happen in the next couple of episodes before the season's over? I mean, do we expect Alicia to maybe want to pick up Madison's legacy and go back to the stadium? Do we think that Al is going to leave and go and pursue that story that she's pursuing that we all know wink wink isn't the story, but it's actually <laughs> Dear Lady? Um, you know, they've kind of hinted at some of these things in the past. Is Dwight and Cherry, is that something that's going to happen? I mean, I think, I think that just kind of we're meant to take from all of this what people want. And it's not just what Grace would want for these people, but it's kind of this, it's sort of this really non-subtle manifestation of what they would want. And I don't think most of what they want is logically possible. Like I think we could see Al taking off to go after her lady love. We could see Alicia trying to build a, something in that stadium, but there's nothing left of that stadium. Like, <laughs> let it go. It burned to the ground with mother inside it and nine million zombies. The, that, that is, that dream is dead. But Even Jess, if Madison Clark may not be. We didn't see a body, Jess. Nope, we didn't see the body. Madison Clark may not be dead, but the dream of the stadium sure, okay. sure as hell is. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I think, but I think we know that that's the thing that Alicia would most want. And I think I think Daniel and Victor, I think deep down they want to be friends. They want to figure it out. Or at least everybody wants that for them so that they will stop. Um, and I think June wants, wants to be a doctor. She wants to be the healer. I, I liked that they sort of slipped that in there. Oh yeah. June's still building that hospital. That's where she went. So, yeah. you know, she didn't just walk off into the sunset. She had, she had a hospital build. That's the whole reason she stuck around. And they, you know, they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to go to that hospital that she's building. Remember that? I, that was nice piece of exposition there. Love yeah, it. I, I, I think then is the opposite potentially true where, you know, this is the happy ending that we, you know, if you're a fan of the show and you're a fan mm-hmm. of the characters, you want a happy ending for, for yeah. as many of the characters as possible. But now we see that, you know, there is no happy ending for, for Grace and Morgan, at least in terms mm-hmm. of raising Athena. That's not happening. Are all the other things now specifically not happening? And I, I say it because. All right. Do I think Daniel and Victor will ever become friends? No, I do not. No. I think that they might come to some sort of 
understanding uh, mm-hmm. like they have in the past, and I guess something will blow it up again. That's certainly something they could see there. Um, Do I think Dwight and Sherry get back together? Probably not. Probably not. But here's the thing. You mentioned we we see Charlie in this vision all grown up. We do not see Dakota. Does that oh. mean Charlie dies and Dakota stays? Oh, man. This is like... I, okay, I said Happy Gilmore before. No, this is the ending of Wayne's World. <laughs> we got the super dark ending, and then we go... The mega happy ending. Yeah. Just Charlie died by the end of this season, and Dakota gets to stick around because we didn't see Dakota, but we did see a grown-up Charlie, and nothing in this vision is really going to happen. Oh, man. I That's a pretty... Like, now we have to just write out everything we saw and like, okay, so that means, you know, that means Al doesn't get to go off in search of her quote unquote story. That means, you know, Luciana and Wes, maybe they never get together. Maybe, uh, uh, you know, Dwight and Sherry don't make it work and June never gets to be a doctor. Like, <laughs> or, if she does, this- she leaves the sh- or she does, she leaves the show because Jenna Elfman finally gets tired of this thing <laughs> and she just goes <laughs> off and does it somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> We don't have to kill her to have her to leave. You know? No, that's true. I, I, I mean, that's the, it's the truth about every cast member departure on the show. You don't have to kill them to make them leave. And Madison Clark. Um, yeah, um, I'm still waiting for Heath. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm fully expect Heath is going to come on to this show. I would, I would love for that to happen, even if it. Even if it's just a one-off passing through mm-hmm. town, I would love to see. That's the perfect opportunity for some of these characters to just, you know, rework themselves back in just, just, just once. Yeah, have him get a Robert Patrick spot. Yes, exactly. So three Heaths, cool. Mm. <laughs> the Heath triplets. The Heath triplets, another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is listening to DJ Khaled, another one. <laughs> Although, you know, we did see the same zombie get killed five times. It was the zombie quintuplets, and none of them messed with Texas. I thought that was a very cool way to to handle a dreamscape. Like, you know, at that point, we know. Like, Mm -hmm. we know it's a dream. So you're not doing it to try and trick us or to have, like, you know, the whole princess of it all like was well, this real i don't know if this is real did i open the door did i is, is there a hole in the back is there not a hole in the back? <laughs> we're not we're not playing with with reality here we're we're like oh i'm in a dream and you know we have to wait for her to get her dream powers to, to you know say and she kind of does she oh this is a dream you're not going to kill me uh, athena you can't hurt me you're not going to poke me with that stick because this is my dream <laughs> so uh you know i thought that was very cool to play with it like Okay, uh, I've had dreams where I get stuck in in, in a loop like that. No, that just happens. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Stop it. Go back. No, no, stop it. Stop it. Can we move on from this part of the dream? <laughs> you know, you just, or you wake up and you go downstairs and then you wake up and you go downstairs. Oh, I hate that. Oh, but yeah. we will, we will experience that. So I thought that was a nice yeah. representation of that kind of, oh gosh, the freaking Texas guy is back again. <laughs> um, so I, I thought that was a fun little playfulness. If you're going to, I mean, cause you can't do more than one dreams episode. No. In all seriousness, you get one uh, per franchise. Apparently, <laughs> one per franchise. Unless, you know, unless you're going to do like the quick, like the the. Oh, I woke up and oh, it was all a dream. <laughs> None no, of that, everybody you know, does that. Yeah, yeah, everyone does the cold open, uh, splash the water in my face kind of thing. But yeah, I, I thought that was fun. I thought it was a fun way to do it. 
Um, I thought it was fun that as, as Morgan was killing the guys in reality, they were appearing in her dream because it's kind of the way a dream seeps into, mm-hmm. you know, the reality seeps into your dream. You're, you know, the song plays on the radio and you kind of hear it in the dream. So I, I, I thought there were aspects of it that worked really well. Uh, so it was a well done episode. It was a well crafted episode. The ending heartbreaking because it was such a, a surprise and, Hey, they went there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought they, and it was an honest, honest capture of the emotion of the situation. I just wish that this wasn't uh, killing all momentum of everything that was built up. Like we're, I, I really need to see Alicia and, and find out more about this group of people. And all I see is, is uh, you gave them exactly the, what they wanted, which I guess accelerates the plot, but it kind of is an off camera thing. So. But- isn't that what The Walking Dead at large does best? They put you in a place where you start to care about something that's going to happen, and then they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Let's go over and find out what's happening with this random cheese maker and a guy we haven't seen in three seasons. <laughs> yes. And in terms of filler episodes, I prefer doing something like that and swinging big mm. uh, than doing the and let's take three weeks to walk the from point A yeah. to point B when it really could take one cut. You know, yeah. so I, I'm fine with that. Um, you know, do I do I need Carl and Enid rollerblading? <laughs> no, I don't need I don't need storylines like that. But uh, you know, if it's an honest emotional storyline, uh, again, is Grace a character I care about? No, but like I said, they made me care about Athena. In the span of 60 minutes, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. That, that's something that the show rarely does where, you know, you're introduced to, Hey, here's three new characters. We're going to kill two of them by the end of the episode and the other one's <laughs> going to run away and we might see them in three seasons. <laughs> you know, that's generally what they do on this show. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I thought that was a really nice job of making me care about a character, really feel the loss. Uh, it's something that you don't see a lot on television. Mm-hmm done well and i was not expecting it from fear (laughs) yeah well it's and it's something you really don't see it much at all it's probably good because it's a very dark place to go but i was reflecting on this because i'm watching a show my netflix binge of choice right now is this australian sort of dramedy called offspring and it's about an obstetrician and it's there are seven seasons of it and i think there is one she loses one baby in that entire seven seasons of delivering like three babies an episode and call the midwife. Same thing. Like I think they've maybe, they've maybe lost two babies over nine seasons of running a clinic for impoverished women in London in the 1960s. So it's something, it's a story they don't tell very often and you're always primed for, Oh, well, the baby is definitely going to make it. Yeah. And yeah. The baby pretty much always does. And so when the baby didn't this time, it was, it was kind of like doubly crushing for that. Yeah. I mean, the only episode that was like kind of this one off didn't, didn't progress the plot kind of thing. I mean, it kind of re- reminded me of Picard on Next Generation mm-hmm. where he lives that other life, mm-hmm. the inner light. Yep. And you really get to know his wife in yep. this other world and you care about this wife. And when she dies, you feel, you know, horrible. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, the very end of that episode where like he's with his grandson and you realize 
this grandson doesn't exist. And yeah, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And, and so I, that, that's, that's again, another show they're few and far between, which is why they're so memorable is where like, these, you just introduced a whole bunch of characters who only exist for this one episode and they're gone. Uh, it, Star Trek does it a lot because you can mm-hmm. combine with technology and stuff, but the transporter incident where, uh, Tuvok and Neelix combined into this character, <laughs> Tuvix. 25th anniversary of Tuvix was last week. Oh, well, there you go. I didn't even know that, but I, I still remember Tuvix. I'm like, at the end of the episode, I'm like, no, why are we having those Tuvix? I love Tuvix. <laughs> to make you feel about a character that quickly takes a fantastic actor mm-hmm. and a fantastic, uh, writing and framing device that really makes you buy into the preposterousness of the situation. Cause it has to be a preposterous situation. Oh yeah. And, and I think this really worked. I, I, yeah. I really, I really, like I said, I, I felt the loss of Athena and I felt the loss of, of, of <laughs> you know, these other characters from the, from, from the Star Trek world. Yeah. It was, it was a very, it, the thought of like this whole, this whole reality that is now not going to happen is like the worst thing. And I, it is, it is actually another place that does this similarly and quite well is the, um, I don't know if you've seen the movie about time. Oh yeah. Love about yeah. Fantastic. So the, the one thing I always describe, like you can tell somebody is a parent because they, there's that one scene in about time that never leaves you. Yep. Once you've seen it and everybody else is like, Oh, this is a cute movie with a great idea. And like, yeah, but when he goes back in time and he comes back and that child has been replaced by a different child. Yes. Like it, it is chilling to the bone and you never stop thinking about it again. And I, I feel like this is that it's that same emotional place that hits you like, Oh, that child is not. The child that we've met is not going to happen at all. Yeah, I'm going to go leave a little bit more obscure on you because that, that is a great <laughs> film. Everyone should watch that movie um, because, you know, who doesn't need uh, another movie with Rachel no, McKenna? We always, we always need <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know where you're going with this. But but no, this is yeah. a, t- a TV show starring Kevin McKidd called Journeyman. Mm, I've, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lasted one season and it got. I did see this. Got I did caught up this. in the writer's strike and it, it did, mm-hmm. that, was, that was the problem. But there's a one episode. They, they, they have a son and he goes back in time and he shows up and he does something just a little bit different. And he, 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 he now he has a daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's, and he says, Oh, I got to go back and get my son back. And his wife in the scene says, You cannot change anything this is my daughter because she only knows the daughter in this timeline mm-hmm. and they're both fighting for the exact same thing and it's just so well written so well done that it was a show that was just should have should have lasted they just never gave uh, it a chance but it's so a, many it's good shows thing. yeah it's the same sort of thing where like you know i i josh wiggler and i have had this conversation on many of our time travel discussions on shows and everything it's like he's like so would you know he always says would you go back in time i said not to the point before my son was born just at this mm-hmm. point. Like I would just never risk that. Like that's it. Yeah. That's my hard line in the sand. Parents get this. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's definitely uh, one of those. What wouldn't you do to make sure that that doesn't yeah. change? Yeah. Yeah. I, 2008 was just, it was a great TV year. And then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hard, you know, 
pump the brakes on everything, and some of it never came back from it. Indeed. indeed. R.I.P. the riches. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of speaking of parents and children, AJ, I thought it was interesting. There's a lot of like very deep Walking Dead mythology in the scene where we see Dwight and Sherry reunited with children. Uh, for one thing, that's Austin Emilio's actual son. Oh, cool. So I thought that was fun. And they named him John, apparently after John Dory. And then the baby's name is Tina. And do you remember why they would have named the baby Tina? Oof. Uh, no, I'm sure once you tell me, it'll, I'll instantly go, oh, of course. It took me most of the afternoon to remember this. But the very first appearance of Dwight, you have Dwight and Sherry are running away from Negan and they have Sherry's sister, Tina, with them. And she has insulin and then they meet Daryl Dixon on the road and he rescues their insulin and brings it back. And then it ends up being for nothing because Tina gets killed by a zombie anyway. Um Wow, that, that sounds like such a unique plot twist of somebody going off for medicine and coming back and then having it not matter anyway. That never <laughs> happens on these shows. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's. Uh, I feel like Negan should have been a little more understanding of that. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> you would think. Like yeah, the more was, I think was, about that, when they found, yeah. they found them. There were like all these uh, bodies, the burnt plastic around them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, they like the zombie that killed her was like a kid that she used to babysit for or something like that. Oof. Yeah, it's a dark show. <laughs> it's a very dark show. Like, it, and it's funny. I, I spent the first like six or seven years of watching this show, not really having it sink in the way it does now. That oh, these are all former people, and every time somebody dies and comes back, that's somebody that meant something to somebody. And that just makes it worse and worse. And you get desensitized to that over the, over a period of time. And then it comes back to you every so often. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is one of those weeks that I feel like it's really the life and death of it all is coming together. Yeah. Uh, though I will say one of the things that the entire franchise does so well is that once the show starts, I'm so immersed in it. The commercials are just jarring to me. Like they yeah. rip me right out of it. Like it, even though this was this fantastical dream world that I knew wasn't real, even in, in the, in the, the walking dead world, that first, you know, car commercial, Hey, everybody is uh, here for a flow here with my progressive. Like, ah. like, I mean, I really get, get just sucked into, to the quietness of some of these mm-hmm. episodes. And this, like, it's, it's a, like I said, this was a really good episode of television. Mm-hmm. I, I thoroughly feel that I saw something that I hadn't seen before. I was emotional wreck at the end of it. And yet at the same time, like I said, this was an awful episode of Fear the Walking Dead because <laughs> it does nothing to advance the plot more than that little step that didn't need to happen uh, in this episode. And I felt manipulated because you made me care about a character that I shouldn't. Yeah, have ever met, and in in the worst possible way. And although, as a television viewer and someone who loves television, I appreciate the swing. I appreciate what they were trying to do, and I I read briefly what the interview. Like you know, the writers of this episode have had experience with stillbirths, and they mm-hmm. were trying to convey that. And I get it; it's cathartic for the writers of this particular episode, and. I don't begrudge anyone who has a TV show to do whatever they want mm-hmm. 
kill whatever characters you want, make any plot decision you want. It's not on us, the viewers, to dictate what decisions they make. I've said that time and again. I may not agree with it, but you have every right to do it. I, I just don't know what purpose it serves in this particular sequence uh, of events. Yeah, it it is. It's more like... I would rather be watching this out of time. Like I would rather like give me the whole rest of everything and then say, here is a very good episode of television. Watch this after you already know. In fact, if somebody is binge watching, if you are in the future and maybe I should have put this up top, but if you're, if you're listening far into the future and you have been binge watching through the walking dead and you get to season six, episode 12, skip it, go back, watch the rest of the season and then come back to this. They're going to tell you. Yeah, it's almost as if you you finish your season and then you come back with these bottle episodes that you don't have oh, to see. Oh, yeah. In order like somebody to, should to do that show. for sure. Yeah, somebody should do that because I'm sure, as we just proved, like it's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer that's sure to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I treat this like that. Like this is yeah. this is Daryl... This is Daryl falling in love with a woman with a dog. You don't need it. They'll explain it later. I I guarantee you everything that happened in this episode, you're going to hear about in the first five minutes of the next one. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you will because, hey, what happened to the baby? You know, like, I mean, there is at least an impact of that. It didn't like yeah. all not happen. So, yeah, there will be impact of this going forward. Um, you know, it, face it, it's okay. It, it's okay. It's fine. I, I, it was an hour of television that I watched. It was an hour of television that I, I don't hate that I watched. Um, you know, it's a little disconcerting after an unreliable narrator episode with Daniel to then go into an unreliable narrator episode, but it was clearly a constructed fiction. So you get away with it. But it's, mm-hmm. it's the pa- the pacing and the placement of this episode just doesn't quite land right. I mean, it's, for it's almost many as reasons. A, not you know, now. And, and it was, and, you know, I, you know, have a little fun with it. You know, have dirty woman show up or something. Filthy <laughs> 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 woman, oh, whatever. No, the, it's the mega happy ending for everybody. So it's like they come to the town, then filthy woman's there, and she's like, "Hey, I took a shower." Oh, oh, wouldn't this have been the absolute? Perfect spot for that Kim Dickens cameo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes who showed up last year? <laughs> and it's like, and everybody's like, who? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, we joined man. the catch, cast much later than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, who? And, and Daniel's like, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> My Ophelia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. I like let's bring back the whole Clark family. Yeah, yeah, and and then like while we're at it, like everybody that we liked from the previous iterations of The Walking Dead, like you know, we'll bring back Taka and Crazy Dog while we're here, and you know, the good Otto and <laughs> oh, and the kid from the very first episode who was on to the oh, virus, and then we never saw again. <laughs> yeah, the one who broke into the school to get supplies. Yeah, 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 that guy. That guy. He's the Morales of this universe. Exactly. I I, I I enjoyed that character for the two minutes we saw him. <laughs> <laughs> Loving this. And of course, next week, you know, we've gotten the, you know, we got the mega happy ending, the mega dark ending. Next week, of course, Walking Dead is going to give us the Scooby-Doo ending. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. I would have gotten away with it too, Alicia, if it hadn't been for you and your <laughs> <laughs> and your and your stupid kids. <laughs> yeah. Do Do we have an entire episode in one room <laughs> with just Alicia <laughs> talking with our big bad? Yeah, I think maybe that's what we're getting next week. I don't know. Actually, no, because I've heard. I have heard something about a guest star from next week and I'm going to I'm going to go on IMDb very quickly because they did not say in the information that I was given by AMC they didn't say that I couldn't say that this was a guest star who's going to be on they just said I couldn't say like who it is, like who he is in the show and I don't know cuz I haven't seen it but sure. apparently and I'm just going to double check. Like, if this is on IMDb, then I say... Then you have all, no reason not I have to, no reason yeah. not to say this. But, um, yeah. Um, let's see. IMDb look up. IMDb. We're looking at it all up. This should be a regular thing. She's checking every day. This is all staying in. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, I'm I'm checking the Google now. It was not in IMDb, uh-huh. but oh wow, Walking Dead Wiki has all the. Do not go on here and get and no, get no, no, spoiled. No. But since January, we have known that next week's guest star is going to be Keith Carradine. Okay. Um, Walking Dead Wiki does say who it's going to be. Um, I was told by AMC I'm not supposed to talk about it, but apparently, like all of these other places are talking about it so if you want to know who he's going to be you can look it up but i'm quite excited to see keith carradine join the walking dead universe he's a great actor who has been in many many things um he was penny's dad in the big bang theory which i'm sure is the first one everybody goes to indeed yeah well yeah (laughs) certainly (laughs) no he he uh i remember from from dexter he had uh yeah 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 a, a multi uh Episode arc on Dexter. He was, uh, with, uh, Dexter's sister. That's and, right. uh, and he had a really great, um, yeah, throwing it back to Criminal Minds because, as you know, Ken Todd Svensgaard and I do a Criminal Minds podcast, <laughs> yes. both felonious pundits. Uh, he, he does have a, uh, recurring role, multi episodes of a serial killer named Frank, which is hmm. really cool on Criminal Minds. So he, he plays, he plays, um, gray area sinister very well. Where you're not sure if he's a good guy or a bad guy, which you know, or he can, and he could turn either way, and use yeah. most of his roles. Yeah, it's it's true. He's he's very good at just kind of like you think he's kind of you're kind of drawn to him, but you're also kind of like you don't fully trust him, and then you feel like either way you're going to be wrong about him. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That'd be that's cool. I I, I mean. Gotta give it to the show. They get, they get some names. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I like being excited by that because I think many shows I've followed, you don't get a lot of name actors coming in. You're like, Oh, I'm super excited. I think Game of Thrones is the only one where I would see like the list of, of people coming onto the show and I'd be like, Oh my God, I can't wait to see them in that role and doing that thing. And I think Fear the Walking Dead does it more than regular Walking Dead even. 
Yeah, yeah. Where what regular Walking Dead just says, "Oh, this week Ed Sheeran shows up in zombie makeup." <laughs> 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 He's not going to sing because he did that on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the kind of guest spot you get here, or you're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm a zombie. You didn't see me. You blinked. You missed me." <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I was if I was a famous person and I got the clout to do like walk on roles on my favorite TV shows, I'd definitely be a, a zombie. I mean, oh, you well- can't say you wouldn't. No, oh, sha! I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that seems to be the only thing that we get. <laughs> it's so rare to get. I mean, I mean, I was very excited when Merritt Weaver was on the mm-hmm. show. Like yeah. that, that's that's a get because you know I will watch Merritt Weaver in anything and sure uh, and yeah. have. Um, you know, it's just like uh, she did that that show uh, with Tony Collette on Netflix, uh, Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Something yep. like that, and it was just like, can we just give them all Emmys right now, please? The entire, <laughs> like, you know, like that. You you live for people like that making these guest appearances. So, Garrity, yeah, that's a great get. I'm looking forward to that. I'm very excited. Yeah. So I, I feel like I'm waking up from a very bad dream, and <laughs> there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I'm waking up, and Keith Carradine is in the bed. Wait, well, what? Well, wait, what? what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, AJ, is there anything else that you want to highlight from this episode, or have we gotten to its um, to its very deep, dark, emotional core, and we really don't want to go there again? Uh, no, I, I think I think I've said everything I need to say. I, I I'm glad I had a little bit of time from the time I ended the episode till we did this podcast because it would have been a very different podcast in the immediate aftermath. Oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, I was much angrier at that point. Uh, and then I was like, wait, wait, you're bringing me on for another one of these? Yeah. <laughs> Princess! <laughs> but uh, no, I said, I, 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 it was a very good episode of television. Yeah. And I, I'm glad I watched it. And if I had to rate it on a scale of one to 10 for Fear the Walking Dead, it gets a three. You know, it's like mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like, ugh, so frustrating. And that, but that's what this show does. That's what yeah. the show does. It, it equal part. Uh, really exciting and, and uh, really this again. So yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to see where they go. I'm looking forward to see what Alicia does, uh, what what the, what the plan is there. Let's find out more about the believers with their backstory without having to do a, you know, another flashback episode. Just tell us, show us yeah. like here. Oh, look, I'll take you to a room where we do this procedure there. And, you know, we, this is why we do the can. thing we yeah, do. Show, show yeah. us what the Scientology is all about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want I want to see how the sausage is made. Yeah, exactly. And and then let's get to it. Let's get to uh, let's get to the final battle. Let's go. You know, yep. <laughs> let's just move it along. Clip, 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 clip. The, the, sh- the show has proven this this half that you, it doesn't necessarily have to follow that tradition of everything happening in the penultimate episode. It's so it's like you know we've had deaths. We, I don't need any more deaths. Like we've had deaths in almost every episode thus far of of important characters and. So, yeah, I, I can take a week off from like major crying and death if I if you're going to give me some backstory in, in a way that keeps my interest. Yeah, let's just do a week where nobody dies. It's like the please. bye week. Please, please. Uh, I think this last one was has held me over for a couple of weeks. I don't need to see any more deaths that yeah. are this. Yeah. Full up on mm. death. Um, and of course, AJ, every time I see an episode in the Walking Dead universe where it turns out to be a dream, I am calling you to come and recap that episode now. This is your new thing. You awesome. are the, it is your Bryce Isaiah family visit now. <laughs> Patty! <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it. I can, I can't wait to, uh, 
have the dream sequence uh, for for the little ones when we uh, we the the suit mm. <laughs> the velour suit kissed Sardok. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh man! How did the sandwich get made? Oh, you didn't you just make me a sandwich? Oh no! <laughs> I'm in a loop. Oh no! Yeah, um, Fear of the Walking Dead, season six, episode twelve. In dreams is over, but we are just getting started, or are we? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> so, AJ, what else you got going on lately? Oh well, it is baseball season, so you can. Go check out my fantasy baseball rankings on ESPN.com. I got um, my fantasy baseball rankings for points leagues that I do each and every week. Update them on Mondays. Uh, you might hear me on the Fantasy Focus podcast uh, for baseball from time to time. I often guess there. Uh, other than that, beat my guest, my trivia podcast. It's on a bit of a hiatus right now, but uh, we'll be coming back soon, hopefully. And uh, like I said, uh, Kintad Svensgaard and I have started up felonious pundits, uh, full episode rewatch of all 323 episodes of criminal minds we are 14 down you maniacs <laughs> 309 to go uh so i'll still be doing this uh, by the time we have the fifth spinoff of of walking dead universe on the air i'm sure but it's a well, fun time I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying yourselves. I think that's really all that matters in the end. And six years from now, when you wrap up that 386th episode, you, you, you'll, you will have accomplished something. And I think it's something you could be proud of. Yeah, it is going to be a bit of a of, uh, chase in the dragon because uh, from what we're led to believe, uh, Paramount Plus is doing a reboot. So <laughs> there might be more episodes coming. <laughs> So that six years might become ten. Uh, maybe by the end of it all, we'll we'll know what the A means. Uh, <laughs> a personality, B personality. Maybe we'll figure that out by then. Yeah. Probably well, <laughs> when you do, let me know. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> all right, and I I don't have much else going on this week except that over on Rob has a podcast. Later on in the week, you will hear me talking about the twenty second best Survivor season ever, as ranked by the listeners of Rob has a podcast. That is. Crazily enough, it is season four Survivor Marquesas, which everybody is saying it should not be this low on the list. And yet here we are. So I will have watched the entire season by Wednesday night to talk about it with Rob and friends. And that will be dropping into your feeds probably sometime on Thursday. So that's pretty much everything in my podcast world right now. I'm trying to take it a little bit easy while I ease back into the real world after three months of hellish work. and. At that, at a certain point, I'll be back in your ears more than you certainly would care to have me, I'm sure. But I want to thank you, AJ, for stepping in. Uh, we missed Chappelle greatly this week. We always yes. miss Josh Wiggler, but <laughs> you and I had a lot of fun. And I think you are, of course, welcome back anytime. And we're always lucky to have you when you stop by. I, I hope to come back uh, again and again and again, just like that Texas t-shirt wearing zombie. You can't kill me. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although not for lack of trying, I'm sure. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also I would be remiss if I did not drop in before we say goodnight. Um, recommendation for all of you out there who have not tried it out yet to stop by postshowrecaps.com. And while you're in the process of, of course, leaving us all of the feedback that we know you want to leave, uh, this week we did get feedback, but it was everybody was just like WTF. 
So it wasn't, you know, we, we did discuss your points because your points were all WTF. Um, <laughs> but while you're checking out everything we have to offer on postshowrecaps.com, check out our patron program over at postshowrecaps.com slash patron or patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. Um, a monthly contribution of five, ten or fifteen dollars gets you access to all kinds of exclusive perks, including, um, postshow recaps merch, access to a patron only discord server. You have Extra podcasts in your feed every week, including rewatches of your favorite shows. You have um, entire podcasts dropping early, and you get to know what's coming out before everybody else does. And it is a great time and a great community that was eagerly awaiting your arrival so that they can welcome you with open arms and kill you five times. So sign up for postshowrecaps.com slash Patreon, patreon.com slash postshowrecaps, and be sure to wear your don't mess with Texas shirt. Uh, so that I think wraps it up for us. I don't think there's anything we could possibly have left to discuss about this episode. So thanks again, AJ. Thanks to all the listeners and we'll see you next week. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.